Welcome to 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One, a podcast helping you to solve your freelance problems and dilemmas. I'm Casey Carlisle, one of your hosts. I've been freelance since 2013 and I've got my own business, The Wheel Exists, helping people to create lovely websites on Squarespace. I also run a pop-up co-working community called Freelance Folk. And I'm your co-host, Michelle Pratt of Dive Deeper Development. I'm a freelance business trainer and personal development coach, and I help people with their professional and personal development. So obviously, as freelancers, we're watching Netflix in our pyjamas all day, every day. So why is it such a problem for us, Michelle? Oh, do you know one of the hardest things about becoming freelance, I think, is one of the great joys is that you can do whatever you want. No one tells you what to do and when to do it. And of course, when you're self-employed, um, you have to make all the decisions. And I think you get that mental load, that mental burden of having to decide what to do, when to do it and the parameters. So it's great freedom, but it also puts a lot of responsibility and accountability on your shoulders. So we're basically Spider-Man with great power comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. Excellent. Yeah, That's good to know. I haven't thought about myself about that. <laughs> so I think it's definitely something where, you know, it's the, the lack of accountability to other people. And I think sometimes just being you on your own, having that isolation can make it hard to get started sometimes. And we're going to be talking about motivation in a future episode and what to do if you're not feeling very motivated. Yeah, absolutely. But let's dive a bit deeper into the reasons why we actually procrastinate in the first place and then have a look at what we can do about it. Yeah, I think procrastination is a tricky one. And I think what a lot of people do is they come up with little ways of tricking themselves, little procrastination hacks. So they say, if you're putting off going to the gym, lay all your gym clothes out on the floor the night before, and then that will nudge you into doing it. And some of these hacks uh, are okay, but the problem is they don't really get to the reason of why we procrastinate. They are really good with the symptoms of procrastination. And in the short term, they might give us a nudge, but in the long term, they're not going to solve it. So one of the reasons, well, there's a number of reasons why we procrastinate, first of all, and let's just think about some of those. And when I'm helping people and coaching with procrastination, one of the first things I try to help them understand is, what is the benefit of procrastinating? So that's the question I tend to ask. And you might be thinking, well, there's no benefit of procrastinating. I've got bills to pay. I've got work to do. I've got, uh, I'm going to clean up uh, around the house. How is putting things off helping me? But there is always a benefit to procrastinating because if there wasn't, you wouldn't do it. So whatever your um, whatever your reason for procrastinating, you value it more than doing what you want to do. And again, if, you're, if you've got work to do, you might not believe me, but there are a number of reasons why you do it. They might not be obvious, they're not logical, but they're definitely there. I so, think sometimes as well... Um, I think people don't even know they're procrastinating. Yeah, maybe. And so that's like a whole other layer of, of kind of stuff that you're not aware of. And actually, you know, you, you think I'm working on this project, it's really important, but actually what you're doing is procrastinating the thing that's actually important yeah. using that. So so you were going to say um, a few questions that you can kind of... Well, I'm just going to say, what, what benefit do you get from procrastinating? And it won't be a logical one, but it, it's probably more of an emotional thing. Like you say, half the time you might not know that you're doing it, but there's, there is an emotional reason why you're doing it, and that's probably where the answer lies. So, for example, we tend to put uh, things off that we find unpleasant or uncomfortable. So um, that's a really good example of a benefit of procrastinating. If it feels icky, if it feels difficult, if it feels challenging, if that's a client conversation you don't want to have, or um, just a task you find quite irksome, you might benefit from procrastinating by putting it off. So you put off the pain now. Um, Of course, you're just putting it back for later. 
Ambiguity is another reason why we procrastinate as well. So again, you might not realize it or be conscious of it, but if you are set a task and you don't know quite where to begin, you don't know what the solution looks like, it all feels intangible and tricky. Without those easy to take, recognizable first steps, you're likely to put it off. And sometimes we think if we can't solve the whole problem, we can't really get stuck into any of the problem. We try to think about tackling it all at once. And they go, oh, there's no point, it can't be done. It can't be done, well, yeah. oh my God, I'm gonna think of the whole solution now. I, I just haven't got the energy for it. Whereas actually, if you just got started, you'd be fine. Yeah, there's actually a really interesting example um, kind of uh, sort of strays slightly into the kind of practical side of, of procrastination and what you can do about it. There's a really good book called Getting Things Done by a guy called David Allen. It's A-L-L-E-N. Um, it's quite old, but a lot of the stuff in it makes a lot of sense. Um, if I think if you've kind of sorted out your mindset stuff, it's the next step to do after that. But one of the examples he gives is how around how people make to-do lists. So they'll put things on a to-do list that isn't actually a very achievable action. And then like you're saying, the ambiguity or the lack of clarity around the next steps stops them from progressing any further. So he gives the example of servicing your car. So you might have a list uh, list of things to do and you might write on that list, get car serviced. Now that sounds like something that you would have on a to-do list, right? Like that sounds like it would could be a legitimate thing. But the question is, okay, so, if you had a spare however long now could you actually go and get your car serviced right now could you service your car right now unless you're a mechanic probably not you probably have to actually take some more steps before you could actually do that so okay what would you need to do so you'd need to book it in with a local garage so that's a step but can you do that yet what do you need to do before you do that you need the phone number for the garage or you need to go to the garage or if it's a modern one, you need to find their website and book online or whatever, then, okay, so you need to find that phone number. Okay, so you need to go and, re- you know, go online to research it. So actually the first step is probably find the phone number for the garage and also you need to know when you can take it. So you probably need to make sure you've got your calendar in front of you as well. So it's kind of check your availability and do it. So what you thought was actually the next step isn't the next step at all. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the reasons I think that we feel a bit overwhelmed because we've not figured out what the next clear action is. So the one good question to ask yourself is, can I, could I do it now? Yeah. And if the answer is no, you're probably, you're probably going to procrastinate. Yeah. <laughs> um, because you've set a too bigger, too ambiguous, too ambitious task. So yeah, that's definitely a problem. And I'm guilty of doing that as well. That's made me think about some of the things I put on my list. Um, Oh, there's some other reasons. So we've had avoiding discomfort. We've had ambiguity. I think fear of fear is a good one. I think fear of failure because you get into this weird kind of emotional logic where you're like, well, if I, oh, what if I fail? Um, Well, if I put myself out there and I try, then I might fail. But if I don't try, then I can't fail. And ha, I'm failing. (laughs) You're also success free as well. But we do tend to put off things when we're scared of rejection, scared of failure. Um, scared we might make a fool of ourselves I know I tend to spiral as well and I create the worst case scenario a lot of the time so I'm like okay well you know if I do this and it goes wrong then this will happen this will happen and I'm basically I'm destitute on the streets quite quickly in my mind (laughs) even though that would never happen like I hope but but actually that it's that kind of 
oh, okay, well, in which case I would better, better stick with a safe option rather than doing the thing that would actually benefit me. Yeah. Because if it went wrong, oh, it could go really badly wrong. Yeah, it's an ostrich syndrome. Yeah. I, I get that. You read a tone of voice in an email, they go, oh my God, are they unhappy? Oh my God, are a relationship breaking down? Oh my God, this is <laughs> You're like, actually, they'd probably just give me some feedback. So really easy to do. Uh, but, but you know, fear of failure or rejection can cause, a, cause us to procrastinate. I think failure, fear of success can also cause us to procrastinate as well. If you've been trying to get more clients, we've been doing a bit of marketing activity and it's successful or if you put yourself out there for a new product and service and it's successful and people like it what if they want more of it what if they ask you for more services what if they ask you for even better stuff um or what if they what if they agree to pay you the money and then you have to deliver it yeah and then you're like oh crap i don't think i've got the skills to deliver that project i just thought that that was going to be you know rejected out of hand but actually if it's successful what if I'm not good enough? Again, going back to imposter syndrome, which was a, there's a reason why well, that, that was the first, first episode because yeah. it just underpins so much of the problems that we have as freelancers. I think. Yeah. Um, but I think that is definitely a thing of the success of like how will we, what what happens if it does go well? Is the bar going to be raised then? Are people going to have more expectations of us as well? You know, do you do you kind of deliberately undersell yourself so that you've got a bit of a buffer so you don't have to be on your A game every time? Because if you did, then people would expect that from you and then that's scary. That's the new bar. And yeah. So, so I think we tend to procrastinate when we're a bit worried about being a bit too successful as well. I, I, th- I th- There's most of the reasons. I think possibly when it just annoys someone else. I think sometimes we don't do things out of rebellion and we know that if we put things off, it will either um, annoy someone else or cause them to pick up the slack and, uh, that might feel quite comfortable for us as well um, so, so because we can get away with it then we do it yeah and, yeah. but also like I don't know if my partner wants me to put out the bins I might procrastinate doing it because I know it's going to wind them up <laughs> <laughs> I might get some joy out of that and um, you know I could procrastinate for that bad reason. wife yeah and then you might get you might get the negative interaction but then maybe that negative interaction gives you something positive as well sometimes we do it yeah, just to wind people up as well yeah, yeah. so uh, there's a number of reasons why we do it so when I say what's the benefit of procrastinating just be really honest with yourself what's your reason for procrastinating there'll be a positive payoff for all their pain and chaos and uh, stress it causes you there's normally an emotional reason that we get something from it we get to avoid something horrible or we get some positive payoff for it so that's where the answer lies work out the reason why you're really putting it off and that might be buried a few levels down would you say for some people it might be for some people like you say you don't always know that you're procrastinating so I talked to you about the phrase rearranging the deck tears or the titanic I don't know where that came from I doubt the actual Titanic <laughs> but um, just saying to Katie that you know the Titanic is, is sinking you rearranging the deck chairs might make you busy and make you feel like you're doing something but it's not actually going to address the issue at hand and this is what we do we throw ourselves into emails or to telephone calls because they're easy to tick off the list uh, but maybe creating a new product or pitching to a client or having a difficult conversation that's a little bit harder so we tend to uh, yes. busy ourselves but also new business ideas you know it's like oh well I'm I'm still in the planning stages so if you ever hear yourself oh I'm not ready or it's in the planning stages there's a lack of commitment there now that might be right but also you just check in with yourself um it's oh I'm in the process of doing it and if it's something you're thinking well why the hell haven't you just done it yeah. <laughs> then you'll probably be paying it off a little bit so just be honest like you're trying to avoid something that feels hard and again we've all done that loads of times as well yeah definitely. there's so much ambiguity as a freelancer so there's quite a lot of stuff that's tricky and hard to work out and I think if you're especially if you're going from being in a kind of office environment where busyness is actually prized yeah then it's really hard to get yourself out of that habit like 
if, if you know like I know my partner was saying the other day in his previous job he wasn't allowed to go and watch stuff for his personal development or do anything for his personal development during work time so for example if there was like a youtube video about a games conference where they were talking about new programming techniques and things he wasn't allowed to watch that in his own time even though it would have actually contributed to him being a better programmer and so he you know at his work what was really valued was people doing the hours and looking busy looking like they were doing something and so then people get into the habit rather than focusing on the thing that might look like you're taking your time and actually, you know, doing something that is really important for the business, but doesn't look like you're being busy. Yeah. Um, and like you say, if it's, if, it's a, if it's a numbers game, if you're ticking stuff off a list, then you might prioritise the things where you can tick 10 things off a list rather than doing the one thing that actually would get you further in the long term. Yeah, and with free, freelancers, self-employed people, this is kind of peaks and troughs thing, a feast or famine thing, and I think partly that is caused by, oh, I can't look for new business because I'm too busy servicing the existing clients, and so we put off the, the, the tricky bit of finding new clients, and, and, and we use the excuse that we're, we're servicing the existing clients, yeah. and that could be an excuse. So some of these things are legitimate if the priority is in the correct order, but some of them uh, we give ourselves excuses as well. So I think the other thing is that if we, when we do procrastinate, is that after it we realise that we have been procrastinating and then we beat ourselves up so much for having done it as well. So I think, you know, that oh, I, I was meant to do that yesterday and I knew I was supposed to and I just ended up procrastinating and it's really terrible and I'm so annoyed at myself. And actually, I think as again as a freelancer you just need to give yourself a bit of a break and I'm saying this as the pot calling the kettle black I don't necessarily do that to myself but I think I think that's really important if you can kind of be kind to yourself because you're not going to have a manager saying hey it's okay you have to kind of take that responsibility for yourself as a freelancer yeah, it's true um, and actually just kind of go do you know what yeah I did that here's what I'm going to do to change it next time. Definitely a bad hour or a bad morning doesn't make a bad week or yeah, a bad month. Yeah. So it's easy to let it slip. And that's when I say, you know, notice the reason, what's the benefit of doing it? If the benefit of procrastinating, it's, it's a rather than getting furious with yourself, get curious with yourself. So instead of beating yourself up. Oh, I love that. Yeah, be curious, <laughs> curious not furious. furious. And think, well, what was, not why did I do it? What was the benefit of me doing it? If the benefit of you doing it was that you're exhausted or you were on a mentally tax, taxing task and you were procrastinating because of that, then like you say, you, you just have to give yourself a break and accept that maybe actually the procrastination was your body's way of telling you to slow down or to take a break or to have a nap or to, to go for some exercise. Yeah. So we need to listen to the prevailing emotional need as well. And I actually like do think it's it can be useful to actually schedule time to be kind of lazy, in inverted commas, or whatever you want to call it. Um, because I think we, we, again, as freelancers, it's sort of, we put this pressure on ourselves a lot of the time to feel like we need to work all the hours. You know, it's not like when you're going to a job and you, you've got kind of a nine to five or anything, you kind of feel like, oh, well, you know, I can't just, I can't just You've take got those break. irritating bastards that say, I work 50 hours a week yeah, in my business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <A few. laughs> and so there is, I think, yeah, there's a kind of, a, a, not a com com competitive edge exactly but I think there's a feeling that you ought to be working most of the time because if you're not you're not earning your money for your business but I think if you can recognize how you work best and you can recognize what you need 
then it can really help if you schedule that downtime or schedule that creative time. So I think one of the reasons that people sometimes procrastinate is because they're not getting what they need from their day-to-day work. So for example, if you're a really creative person, you've had to spend a few days doing kind of admin stuff, or if if you've got kind of admin stuff that you need to do, then you might start procrastinating about that because you haven't allowed yourself enough time to express that creativity. So knowing again what, not necessarily what the benefit of procrastinating is but if there's something that you're not getting and that's why you're procrastinating can also help i think yeah definitely there's um, a, like i said there's a reason why yeah and you should make sure you get enough of what you need yeah so i think scheduling in that time you know if you know you're gonna have to so for me if i've got a big event that i'm doing or if i've got back-to-back client meetings for several days in a row and then a presentation or something i will make sure i have a day when i have don't put very much pressure on myself at the end of that run because I know that on that day I'm not going to get stuff done anyway. I will procrastinate on that day whether I intend to or not because future me always disobeys what present me <laughs> thinks that they're going to do. So I'm like, oh, I definitely won't procrastinate. I will. And I've learned that about myself now and so I have to accept that and put in a day where I'm kind of, you know, going, hey, if I do something today, it's a bonus, yeah. you know, or, or something really low level that it doesn't have too much pressure on it definitely i think there's something about your basic physiological needs as well it's like say if you know you're going to be tired or you're going to be mentally tired or if you haven't had enough you haven't eaten properly or drank properly or exercised enough whatever works for you if you're lacking that then yeah if you, you may find yourself staring out the window like you say over time you can forecast when you're likely to do exactly it. yeah and same with with you know if you're an introvert or an extrovert and again this is something we'll be talking about in the future is you know how do you manage that that kind of isolation that you can have as a freelancer um but if you're somebody that gets your energy from being with other people and you haven't been with people for a while then again factoring that in so that you're in the right frame of mind so if you want to not procrastinate try and optimize yourself for not procrastinating as yeah, well yeah again it comes back to understand and understand the need if you, yeah. if you get that buzz from working in a group and you haven't got it then yeah you're probably going to put off the work it's going to feel really horrible if you haven't got that stimulus yeah so it's kind of priming yourself so you're ready as well. Absolutely. So, so what else can we do to, to stop procrastinating? So if the number one question to ask yourself, rather than do these hacks, if you ask yourself the question, what's the benefit of procrastinating? What am I, what am I getting from procrastinating that is more important to me than doing the job? then address the thing that is called the root cause of the issue. So if you know you're procrastinating because something is uncomfortable, for example, that's the thing we've got to tackle. So if it's something that's uncomfortable, I'd probably just ask yourself, you know, what is unco- what feels horrible about it? Do you feel like there's a threat on the horizon or is it just deeply unpleasant? I'd say if it was a threat, you're worried, it's uncomfortable because you're worried that, I don't know, you'll be rejected or that you're going to not hit a goal and that feels horrible. Then I think the first thing to do, like you say, is just get that threat in proportion because you were saying you catastrophize yeah. quite quickly. <laughs> I think we need we just need to take a step back and go, hang on a minute, is it going to be as unpleasant as I thought it would? How do I know it's going to be unpleasant? If there's anything you can do to mitigate the unpleasantness, that to, to sweeten it, to soften the blow, to maybe get someone to share the load with you then then that can do so you can do that so get it in proportion maybe mitigate the discomfort see if you can find some joy in it um other than that all we can really do is just get stuck in there are certain things that are unpleasant to do i don't enjoy doing my accounts at the end of the month but i just have to put some time time aside and just plough through it and I try to make it more manageable by only having to do it in small chunks and I think if you can make it 
if, if you can kind of yeah make it as pleasant as possible so um like when i'm doing my tax return stuff i have a little tax party with myself so i go that to sounds tax. like a hoot casey it's, 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 <laughs> i know how to live it up um yeah okay <laughs> but you know like so so like i go and buy like really nice snacks from marks and spencers you'll notice i talk about snacks from marks and spencers most episodes they are the best <laughs> um so i go and buy some really nice snacks and i put together a little playlist and like make my office really nice and get it all ready and then like over like the day or whatever two days depending on how organized i've been throughout the year i'll just kind of sit down and and get on with it but it it makes it feel less arduous because i've set up the environment to make it as conducive as possible for me and i think that's the same with you know the tax finance and bookkeeping and stuff and whatever it is you know if it's blogging or whatever it is that you find difficult can you can you make your environment as as kind of nice as possible so that at least if you're doing it it's not quite as horrible so can you actually associate it with it with it being a treat experience because you get to go to a coffee shop and yeah. have a really nice bit of cake or something yeah i do my accounts in a coffee shop it's just slightly less laborious when i can break up you know with speaking to other people so that's quite nice yeah. as well so if it's discomfort room when you get stuck in um also is the task uncomfortable because you're not very good at it as well and it might be that you put something off because you're worried about your lack of skill or competence um again i would address the root cause so can you find someone that you can mentor can mentor you can you find a coach can you find someone who's been there and done it and if you can upskill yourself then again the more competent we feel the the less unpleasant tasks feel as well and i suppose actually in that one maybe like ask yourself am I actually as unskilled as I'm thinking I am? Yeah, So definitely. I think there's a tendency, you know, we can always develop better. We can always learn more, like always. So it's really hard to kind of say, okay, well, I will be, the, I will be skilled enough at this point because there's always more that you could do. But actually sometimes you just need to kind of go, okay, I, I realistically checking in with myself, being honest, have I got enough skill to do this? Probably. Or enough transferable it, skills yeah, to get the job done. In, you know, will I be better this time next year at doing this? almost certainly but at least it's you know because it can be really it can seem like a legitimate thing to go and do lots of courses and grow your skills and everything but that is its own form of procrastination i think sometimes because sometimes you actually just need to go no i'm good enough right now to do this yeah and we talked about the ambiguity of i don't know how to solve the whole problem uh i don't start any of it but i think the same is true if we try to be perfect we want the Mm. whole solution or the perfect solution reaching for perfection is a great way to put things off yeah it's like well i can't come up with all the answers and when i have all the answers i'll do it but in reality most of us have to get things to 80 percent accurate or 80 percent uh, completion before we go to market before we actually do something yeah so blogging is a good example um you don't know how to make videos do vlogging or blogging until you do them and the first few times you do them you're going to suck at them because you're not very good because you haven't done them before and it's easy to put them off and go oh when i have the equipment or when i uh, can do it I'll, I'll give it a go the reality is that it works the other way around we throw ourselves in we do these things we learn what we need to learn and that's how we get good and get better at them so if your reason for procrastinating is either ambiguity around what needs to be done I'd say probably start by breaking down the task like you said about getting your car service start by looking at the phone numbers start by speaking to a few people about what you need if it's to do with the size of the task just pick a small thing and just get stuck in would be would be part of it part of it and then yeah break break it it down into kind of bite-sized chunks you know and get going most most projects can be broken down into bite-sized chunks if you kind of 
you know, sit down and look through them, I think, definitely. Yeah. Um, one of the things that just came to mind then, Michelle, when you were talking, was actually, I think one of the reasons I sometimes procrastinate is actually because I'm embarrassed about something. Maybe I've messed something up and dropped the ball or, you know, just, just not, not intentionally, not for any lack of planning, I've just made a mistake, I've failed, it's really normal, it's natural. But I think that's a massive cause of procrastination for me. So if I feel like I've told a client something that would be possible, and then I've researched it a bit more and actually it's not, or it's much more complicated than I think it is, then I know I tend to sort of start distancing myself from that client a little bit and becoming a little bit less responsive to that client because I kind of don't want to tell them that I told them something and that that was wrong. I don't really want to admit to it because it's really hard to do that. But I know that as soon as I just actually speak to that client and say, actually, you know what? I thought that this was the case. This is why I thought it, you know, I had a, re- a good reason to think it, but it's just not. And here's what we can do about it. Then all of a sudden that gives me my mojo back. But I really notice it if I if I feel embarrassed or ashamed or like I've messed something up. That I think is my biggest cause of procrastination. Yeah, and it's really useful to notice what the triggers are because we all have different ones. Some people are quite happy asking for money or charging because other people will put that off for as long as they possibly can. So it's about your comfort levels. And again, when we're embarrassed, we're we're fearing failure or fearing conflict or fearing rejection. Or again, we catastrophize and think, oh my God, they're going to hate me. And actually quite often you get more loyalty from people when things go wrong and you put it right than had the thing never gone wrong in the first place. Yeah. So there's a lot to be gained from that. So I think, again, it comes back to this fear. Get it get it in proportion. Whatever you think is the threat. I'd ask them, what is the threat really? I mean, I think, oh no, they're going to be mad at me. But would they really break down the relationship? Would they never speak to you again? Would they actually shout at you? Would they even be that disgruntled with you? And like you say, you know from past experience, they probably wouldn't. And when we talk about fear, uh, I ask, is it, you know, is it a saber-toothed tiger? Is it a lion? Is it a tabby cat? Is it a kitten? And sometimes <laughs> we think it's a saber-toothed tiger and it's actually only a kitten. So I think just get that in proportion. Have a little work. Take a deep breath. Have a little word with yourself. Get it back into proportion. And then I think there is a point where you've just got to make the leap of faith and make that call. And, that, and then obviously in that situation... Um, it's easy to rationalise but it really is true that the quicker we tell the customer about the issue the more open and honest we are the more trust we foster and if they're going to be mad at us they might be mad at us now rather than be yeah. mad at us later yeah because if, if they're going to be the same amount of mad then they it's like the, the amount of madness they're going to have isn't going to change what is going to change is how long you're panicking about it as well so it's like in a, in a previous episode we talked about comparing things you know there was Paris with breakfast versus Paris without breakfast and you choose Paris with breakfast it's like, why would you choose the one where you have more pain and everything else is equal? But we do. It's yeah. crazy. So like, do I want pain and a month of worry or do yeah. I just want pain now? Yeah, while yeah. Gone? And, so. and that's like potential pain. We don't even know if there's going to be pain. Exactly. And I think for that, I think when, you, when you're going to have those conversations, again, the, the procrastinating kind of tendency is to tell the client that information over email because you're kind of shielding yourself from the from the kind of initial response but that sort of conversation is really best for a phone call yeah i think you know we we both see on a lot of these facebook groups people are saying i'm having this issue with my client and i don't know what to do i've done everything i can i've emailed them 
and, and both you and I kind of go, but have you actually phoned me? Well, a friend of ours rang me up and she says, oh, no, I'm in a panic. Uh, I've got this email from the client. It's clear she had very different expectations to me. I think I've really dropped the ball. And now I don't know, what, what shall I email back? And I listened to her and I just asked her a few questions. And I said, have you spoken to her? And she said, no. I said, oh, it's a toughie, but you've got to pick up the phone. And she did. And the client was absolutely fine. I think so much gets lost in email, you know. <laughs> people can interpret tones of voice. Some people just are really in a hurry, just writing something on the phone. There's typos. I think I think so much subtlety gets lost in emails. Yeah. And and that opportunity for that back and forth that can actually naturally solve a problem. I think just again, if you know, if you're if you're emailing somebody about a difficult issue, again, ask yourself, are you doing this because you're procrastinating? Like, can you actually get hold of them and, yeah. and actually, you know, and, and have that conversation? Because it can just solve so, so many, many problems. problems. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and you talked about future you versus present day you. Yeah. I, th- I think another solution to procrastination is is think about you today versus you tomorrow. Now, I know this one doesn't work with you so well, but um, if you can, just try and take a bit of perspective and think you now in the short term wants what feels good emotionally and what is quick and easy. Uh, you tomorrow will probably thank you uh, for making the sensible decision. So what some people do is they imagine that conversation. So what would me now say? What would me tomorrow say? And if me from tomorrow could talk to me from now, what would she say? And and what would she ask me to do? I know it doesn't work so well for you. For some people that really works. And I think that weighing up of long-term versus short-term is good. We tend to make short-term decisions when we're in a highly emotional state, when we're very emotional, very emotionally charged. So if you're, just bear in mind, if you're making decisions and you're thinking of putting something off, if you can get yourself in a calmer state, whether that's just changing your body language, taking a few deep breaths and making the decision to do something or not to do something, just review that decision. You think, oh, I'll put it off till tomorrow or I'll do it next week. Just take a step back when you catch yourself doing it. Just take a few de- deep breaths, try and get out of that emotional state, whether it's boredom, frustration, yeah. embarrassment, and, and, and make a more get yourself in a state where you can make a more measured decision. Because in the heat of the moment, you're always going to do um, do the wrong thing. Yeah, never send emails in the heat of the moment either. Never, and sometimes <laughs> people send you emails in the heat of the moment and you think they're mad, so you yeah, delay replying. Yeah. So sometimes a delay reply is good, but paying off indefinitely isn't. There is a really interesting study about decisions that uh, young men at university make when they're turned on. I'll do that on another podcast. <laughs> Turning off, they, the ones that make sensible decisions in a cold state make really different decisions in a hot state. Is what they found. I won't tell you how they worked that out. There was a very interesting uh, psychological uh, methodology used for working this out. But we're all the same when we're in a hot state or emotional state. Yeah. We make different decisions. So bear that in mind as well. What's your take on the? I mean, I've seen you know in a few studies and stuff that that. Um, that people have discovered that we've got a finite amount of willpower and when we kind of erode that willpower reserve we're then kind of not almost not capable of making willpower based decisions but then I've seen subsequent ones where they've refuted that entirely um I don't believe there is such a thing as willpower I just don't think willpower exists and that's really interesting you hear this with procrastination the reason why I don't think willpower exists is you do have will uh, you have the will not to do something and the will not to do something in procrastination is stronger than the will to do something and that's why I say think of the root cause um if you are putting off launching a new product because you're scared that people aren't going to buy it if you're I don't know you, you're putting off a conversation because you think it's going to be tricky your will to have the conversation may be strong to get it resolved but your will to avoid hurt discomfort rejection embarrassment 
the loss of your professional reputation is stronger and that will is is screaming at you no don't do it stay away stay away <laughs> so you've actually got amazing willpower if you're a procrastinator it's just you being aimed in the wrong direction but, yeah right towards the more emotional <laughs> thing so again think about all the things you do that are unpleasant if you have children um, how much willpower does it take to change their nappy? Well, you do it without thinking about it. It's poo, it's unpleasant. <laughs> but you do it in a heartbeat and you, you're quite loving about it. Um, you would think that will require enormous willpower reserves. It doesn't. It's just that your sense of purpose, your values, your identity are all aligned towards that way. You do it without thinking. You'd step in front of a car for, for your child or your nephew or niece. But if you ask me to step in a car for a random stranger, I'd probably be more <laughs> cautious. So, we, so I, yeah, so I, I, I don't really believe willpower really exists. It's just understanding your, your brain is getting you to do exactly what you want. Well, it's getting you to do exactly what you need. It might be exactly what you want. And this is why we say understand what you need. So yeah. are you tired? Are you lonely? Are you bored? Are you isolated? Is this tricky? Am I, am I lacking the confidence or confidence? When we start to address procrastination from that point of view, then we can eliminate it properly. We can trick ourselves out of it temporarily, but we really want to get beneath what we're feeling. And actually maybe reaching out to a network of other freelancers could be a great way of finding the stimulus to give us what we need yeah. and it's interesting that you mentioned values because I know that's something that underpins a lot of the work mm. that you do with other businesses is identifying what your personal and business values are even if you know they might not even be that different do you think that, that, that values can also help to overcome procrastination then in what way so so for example I'm thinking if if I'm procrastinating for some reason obviously I think about the kind of root cause of it but I'm just thinking if one of my business values is to um, you know, help as many people as possible or something, then actually by, by kind of refreshing my, you know, awareness of my, by reminding myself of my business values, that I think would probably actually be quite helpful for me to be like, okay, yeah, if, how am I going to achieve my values if I, if I am procrastinating about this? Yeah, I think knowing what your values are can be really valuable. Um, and particularly recalling them to mind can be useful because yes, they can help you focus. Bear in mind that values are in a hierarchy. They compete with one another. So if you have a value about mm-hmm. self-preservation, okay. uh, your your value about not uh, being embarrassed might be stronger than your value about okay, helping everybody. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so this is why we need to address the reason why embarrassment is a problem. Yeah. I think identity actually on that one briefly is really important. We all have a self-image and um, so we, so this is a, one for a whole other podcast, but we quite often don't change our identity when we move into self-employment. Um, so we have an ident- we have roles in our lives. We, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, I'm, a, I'm now a business owner, but I was an employee. Uh, I was a footballer, I don't play football anymore, uh, I'm a gym goer or runner. Um, we don't shift the identity. And so we have this identity as an employee, and we have this image in our heads of what a business owner is, and we think they're a go-getter. We might think they're greedy. We might think they have to be a schmoozy salesperson. They're definitely getting up at 5 a.m. and doing mindfulness and yoga. Morning rituals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, we, and if we um, are in that role, but we don't take on board that identity, it, it challenges our view of ourselves. And we have this need to be consistent, our self-consistency theory. That's what cognitive dissonance is. Um, and so whenever that sense of self is challenged so you may want to go back and think about am I comfortable with the identity of a business owner we have a friend who is a, who hates the word manager I think I said this before his, <laughs> his shoulders got into his ears when you say manager <laughs> you called him a supervisor or a mentor fine that's fine he's not a manager he never has to be but if you are a business owner and the badge of business owner feels deeply uncomfortable then you might want to address that that makes sense 
And what else can we do from a kind of practical perspective? If we've kind of got our mindset sorted and everything, I know you say kind of productivity, you know, procrastination hacks don't kind of work. If we're kind of getting there on the journey to sorting out the mindset, are there some little tips that can help? Yeah, if you've sorted out the real issue or you're in the process of doing that, um, also in the short term, I mean, if you have a job to do today, you don't have time to maybe to deeply reflect on your childhood issues about self-esteem, <laughs> then a short-term uh, approach may be, may be needed to get us over the line. So let's think about some of our tips then, Katie. The first one is just do the 10 minutes. So research shows that once you crack the first 10 minutes of a task, you are much more likely to carry on to completion. So don't aim for the whole thing. Just aim for the first 10 minutes. By the time you've got your stuff out, you've started the job, once you're in it, you're, you're mentally, you're more likely to carry on. So that would be my first one, start. Yeah, that yeah. sounds good. Um, For me, actually, doing that, um, I've got a little uh, couple of playlists on Spotify. Um, they're 15 minutes, actually, those, um, and they're called, like, 15-minute dash, one, two, three, four. And and they're kind of my, my motivational music. So stuff that gets me really kind of ready to work or to do whatever needs doing. And I'll put that on and yeah, I will just start something for 15 minutes. And then chances are I then spend another two hours on it yeah. once I've actually got into it. Yeah. Um, but that also helps. I think that that music for me is really motivating. So, so you're getting yourself stimulated there. And I think a Pomodoro timer can help with that. You can look them up on the internet, um, but it also allow you to set a timer to just get the first few bits done. So definitely get started uh, is doing it. Um, I, there are other things you can get other people to hold you accountable so accountability does improve performance or achievement towards goals the reason why we've put this at the back of the podcast is that um, it's it's good in the short term but the problem with relying on someone else is if they don't turn up or if they don't do their bit or if they don't hold you accountable you're probably not going to do it so make sure yeah, you've you've got yourself in a good place first but once you're on the road to doing that then yeah a bit of accountability can add a nice extra boost to help you get to where you're going there's um also websites uh oh, what's it called i can't remember now stick i think with two ks.com and other websites where you can pledge your goal publicly you pledge some money and if you don't achieve your goal the money either goes to a charity or my friend did it with weight loss she wanted to lose the weight by a certain date and therefore she pledged she would give 50 quid to the Tory party if she didn't make her goal I've never seen the so focused and there was no (laughs) no way on this earth that she just her values she was not going to give a penny to the Tory party so she did lose the weight by the time and she used one of those websites to help her do it which is quite useful so actually, yeah, the, the kind of the, the positive public declaration of the girls can help, but actually yeah, then the the kind of identity of, of her and her values would just prevent her from like, doing that. Like, that is not me. Yeah. yeah, that's not even, I don't believe in this, or those aren't my values, that was, that's not who I yeah, am. So yeah. that's incredibly powerful. And I guess that's not a long-term solution to live your life by that and be constantly afraid to be giving money to the Tory party. No. But for little short-term things, that could actually be quite effective. It did. It really worked for her as well. You could also think about the cost of not doing something. Um, That's another way of going about it. So just really focusing yourself on the pain or the cost of not completing something, that normally gives us a kick up in the bum. It's not very pleasant and therefore it's not likely to be motivational in the long term, (laughs) but in the short term it might give you a little jolt to get yourself going as well. I think as well one thing that can help if you are trying to... I was going to say be good, that's not really the right word, but if you are trying to stay focused then just set yourself up for success you know turn off notifications don't have your phone pinging at you put it on silent turn it face down 
Don't get email alerts popping up that are going to distract you. Just try and set yourself up for success. Um, Michelle, you mentioned Pomodoro a bit earlier. That's a kind of productivity method. Uh, we will be talking specifically about productivity in another podcast. Um, but that's a productivity method around working in focused 25 minute chunks with a little break in between. And the idea is when you're doing that, you are totally focused on the task. And I think that can really help. And there's, there's a, you know various apps if you type in kind of focus app or something like that, there's various apps that can help you to stay focused and even potentially you know block you from using certain sites and things oh, yeah. if you need to stay focused in that time. Oh, do not disturb mode on my phone is super, so I always put that on. Yeah. And another one, I think a big one to help procrastination prevent it is to set really clear goals and just set priorities. Not everything can be a priority. So set your goals as many as you like, but pick your big three for each day. Um, set really clear goals, set smart goals, make sure they're specific, that easy to measure and of course you have an easily recognizable first set if you wake up in the morning knowing that you've got say for example three things that you have to do that day and they're your big hitters you've got to get them done you can roll your sleeves up and get it stuck in if you don't if you know you've got a whole bunch of stuff to do but you don't have your plan then you can't do it so a bit of a plug for you i know you've also got cheery plan do you want to explain because i use that yay <laughs> um so yeah so because i just like to have lots of different things in my life and um maybe maybe this is me procrastinating by doing all these side projects who knows <laughs> uh, but my partner and i just set up our own business doing apps and software and one of the apps that we are working on is called cheery plan and it's basically like you said it's a way to to identify your top three priorities for the day and then when you've done them as you do them you can tick them off you can rearrange them as you need to on the app and everything it's available on android at the moment and will be on um, iphone in the relatively near future um but the reason that we made it was because we couldn't find anything that was actually that simple a lot of the apps around choosing priorities were actually quite complicated and therefore you put them off <laughs> put them off or you feel like oh, i can't start until i fill in all the sections yeah so you know that we've made it just to be a really simple free app that people can get um we might start charging for it in the future at the moment it's free um it's you know nicely designed and and just a way of identifying your top three priorities each day in a way that's not yeah. horrible it's really good i used to do it on a monday morning but if i procrastinate on monday morning i've got it done so now i start doing my top three for the day for each day or i even do it for weekends for leisure stuff as yeah. well and i do that on a friday afternoon now um, when we're freelance folk and then that way when I start the week they're already in there and I can go back and focus on my big three so f focus and purpose are definitely really yeah. important and I've heard people say if you write down the three things you want to do I mean you don't need an app you can do it on paper I'm just an appy digital person um, I think you know if, if you write I've heard someone say if you write it down the night before then your brain kind of subconsciously works on it overnight again I don't know if that's true or not yeah, no, it's true studies have shown that if you if you um, if you have you're doing a task and you're struggling with it break away some people say take a break actually what the research says is put your mind to a different task so your brain's still working but on something different then go back to the original task and your brain will have been working with it while you're away and you are more likely to come up with a solution more so than if you just took a moment yeah. break i mean my partner who's danish always says oh you know sleep on it that's like the danish thing to do it's like oh yeah like we danes we always just sleep on it if we don't know what the answer is sleep on it and then in the morning we'll know that's really good because you prime your brain to come up with a solution. Yeah. So, yeah, the thing is I wake up 5am thinking about it and that's, that's <laughs> no so good. So maybe it's not for everybody. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, well, I think we've covered quite a lot of yeah. both the kind of mindset and practical tips there for procrastination. As I say, we'll be talking about productivity specifically and motivation, both quite linked yeah, in upcoming episodes as well. So subscribe to the podcast if you want to make sure you catch those future episodes. 
And so it, let me think. We've got a few. So there's a few things we've covered, haven't we? So we've covered off a number of tips. Um, I just gonna say, what would be your one thing? We talked about quite a lot, and you saw the things you like to do. If you had to say one thing, what would you say your big is? My my main task would probably be a practical one, which would be breaking it down. Because you love your organising. I I'm obsessed with organisation and productivity systems. Um, so for me, it would be break it down. What's the next action? Yeah. That would be my my one tip. Have you read the book Eat That Frog? Yes, I have. Yes. Yes. So if you had to read the frog in the morning and afternoon, you should eat the frog in the, in the morning. morning so that, yeah. Exactly. I love that. Yeah, I think, do you know what, I was thinking about my tip. Mine would be, yeah, just get to the root of it. What's what's really causing the procrastination? Is it isolation, loneliness, ickiness? <laughs> it's hard, but address that. And I think you can save a lot of time in the future by getting to the bottom of what's really going on. Yeah, definitely. And we'd love to hear if any of these tips have worked for you and what problems you're struggling with. So if you do want to get in touch with us and um, ask us to discuss a particular problem, use the hashtag FreelanceSOS. Um, you can say hello to me, Katie, on Twitter at The Wheel Exists. And I'm on Instagram at The Wheel Exists as well. And uh, me, Michelle, at Dive Deep Depth, which is Dive Deep DEVP. So, yeah, that's pretty much all we have time for today. But look forward to seeing you on the next episode of 99 Problems, But a Boss Ain't One. See you later, everyone.